Thanks for joining us today on Open the Word with Circle of Friends. I'm Missy. I'm Jen. And I'm Gwen. And I'm Beth. And it's so good to be here at the table with my friends. It's a lovely day. It is. It is a lovely day outside, which isn't always the case in in Ohio. In Ohio. <laughs> Any time of year, right? Yeah. But it is truly a lovely day. But this is what I know. Even on the days that aren't so lovely, it's a lovely day when we get to gather at the table mm. and open the word and just walk through scripture mm. and the way it impacts our lives, our attitudes, our our choices, uh, our thoughts, our dreams, our hopes, our ambitions, all the things here at the table. So I'm thankful to be here, ladies. And uh, mm, my Bible's open to Ephesians. What's your Bible open to? Right now it's open to Ephesians too. So let's, <laughs> well, let's dig in. Well, Beth, yeah. I'm going to join you in Ephesians. How's that? Oh, well, I like this. I like this. So um, just a little, I'm sure we have talked about Ephesians before. I mean, oh, a we, few times. We've been doing this a decade or so, longer, I think. And it's my favorite book, so we've yeah. probably been here quite a bit. Oh, I love that it's your favorite book. It is. Because um, I'm going to throw some things out there, and then I just want to listen hmm. to y'all, right? Okay. Ever feel like she's trouble when she <laughs> says stuff like that? You know, I always worry when she says, I'm just going to ask you a question. And right. then you're like on the spot right now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all right. <laughs> We're always to be ready to give an answer when asked, right? Yeah, right. And it's all about the no hope pressure. that we have in Christ Jesus. So just treat me with gentleness and respect, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. here it is. My Bible's open to Ephesians, and it's kind of marked up and written on and starred and highlighted and underlined and anyway. But I have I have some words here that... Um, I want to offer up and then maybe unpack a little bit on how it looks lived out, okay? So um, Ephesians, uh, I have written at the top of, of my Bible, chapter one lays the groundwork for us to understand the helmet of salvation found in Ephesians 6. So it is truly this this beginning to end book where we just have to unpack this part so we can understand this. And the words that I have written down are chapters 1 through 3 are the indicatives, and chapters 4 through 6 are the imperatives. So first of all, okay, uh, I'm sorry, Beth, you're going to have to define terms. It's been a long time since English class, yeah. and we talked about indicatives and imperatives. Yeah, well, mm. that's why I keep Webster on my phone. So those indicatives, I, I have written under my word indicative who we are, but I think Webster would tell you it, it means what it says, indicate. They are the <coughs> indicators, right? And then imperatives, I have written how to live. But Webster would tell you um, these are the things that are not to be avoided or evaded. Okay? So I'm married to, well, he used to be a mechanic. Now now he's, you know, he's taken on a little different role, overseer um, of all these things. But he still, he still knows the workings of uh, what's under that hood and, and what the dashboard is indicating to you. So for me. The indicatives, they are your dashboard, right? You get in the car, you have that key, you 
turn that key or you push that button and there are some lights that come on and they tell you what you're working with, right? Your, your lights come on, you see if you're in park, reverse, drive, whatever. It's, it's all the lights that tell you what's under that hood, what's, what's in that vehicle. Those are the indicatives that we read about in Ephesians 1 through 3 about what's under our hood, what has been given to us as we were created, formed, and offered the key to salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Those are the indicatives. Now, the imperatives, how to live, it says not to be avoided or evaded. Well, when you're looking at the dashboard of your car, the imperatives, well, if you're driving down the road, your speedometer is kind of an imperative, but we tend to ignore it sometimes, right? Uh, It tells you what this safe you see that sign on the side of the road and it tells you what the safe speed is to drive on this road. But there are other imperatives on your dashboard. Um, You know those little lights that come on, right? Little exclamation points. Well, yeah. And have you ever noticed they're different colors? Okay. The, the orange, yellowish orange, it's, it's like a caution. Hey, just so you know, those tires, They maybe are getting a little low in pressure, you know, stop and have them checked. But did you know that if a red light comes on, (laughs) well, what does red mean? Stop. (laughs) Immediately. (laughs) Pay attention. Don't go any further. My husband would tell you if it's red, don't drive another, pull over. You need help now. These are the imperatives. I love that Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 give us the imperatives of this is, this is not to be avoided or evaded. Pay attention to this. This is how we live. Ah, uh, okay. So ladies. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I'm like, in my family, we have something called an idiot light, (laughs) which is a light that comes on that tells you you need to stop, but it's really not a big deal. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, (laughs) there are, those are those orange Mm -hmm. lights, right? The yield sign, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a stop sign. It's a yield sign. It's saying, uh, hey, give right away here. Um, And so, yes, and sometimes it is a light that you can avoid and ignore because computers have glitches, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can, if it says your gas cap is askew, whatever, you can still drive your car. Um, and then even when you fix your gas cap, if it still says it, it probably means that, you know, something in the, in the computer system mm-hmm. ha- is in error. But you can still drive. So, and you still need to check it out. You still need to talk to someone who knows more than you. Correct. It's important to know what all the lights mean. Mm-hmm. True. You have to be well tuned in to oh. each of those lights on the dashboard yeah. because they each have a certain meaning, connecting t- back to mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to go and open up. What is that thing called that comes with every car? An instruction book? Uh, manual. The yeah, manual. the manual. And you got to see mm-hmm. what that car's light and symbol means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had one of those come in my car not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have, I didn't even know that was in there. Listen, I have to do that just for the buttons on my car. Not, not, not lights, just mm-hmm. what... Yeah, there's a lot of things I have no idea what to do with, so Mm -hmm. I don't do anything with Relatively new cars, so you're adjusting. Yeah, Yeah. I am adjusting, plus it's Mm -hmm. new technology that I never had in my old car, so it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, and here's the other thing, and I think this is true of all of us. Here at this table, 
Okay. At this table, we were all fairly young. Missy, you were in your teens when you came to Christ or earlier than that? I was 11. Okay. So I'm, we were all fairly young when we came to Christ. But as we, yeah, like one handful of fingers for Gwen. Um, it, but as we have journeyed through the years, we have found out more about who we are in the indicatives so to speak, of what life in Christ means. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like I do that with cars, like right before I'm ready to sell them. <laughs> you know, I'm getting rid of it. Ah, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what a pity. It's been there all the time, and I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I want to make sure that as I open the Word, I find out what it is that is the indicative of my life in Christ. I love, I love, love, love Ephesians 1. I call it our in, capital I, capital N, inheritance chapter, right? You read through these verses in Ephesians 1 and count up how many time, how many times the letters I-N are in there. Let, let me just give you this, okay? I'm going to start in uh, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have, an obtain, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. That's just the first 14 verses. A whole lot of ins. You counted? Uh, Gwen's still counting. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. If we count inheritance, yeah. 14. Well, I, I Which I is a little bit of a play on words. I count it because yeah. it is our inheritance because we are in Christ. So, yeah, you don't have to count it. That's still a dozen, so we'll take it. Well, that's, and <laughs> counting in translations, it may differ. But that's, oh, yes, this so. is so true. Yeah. This is you so know. true. But it, it helped me unpack that now. As, as we talked about the indicators of who we are, what do you see there? What, are, what, are, what jumps out at you from those first 14 verses of Ephesians that says, yeah, yeah, because of him, this is in me. Nine, ten of them are about being in Christ. Mm-hmm. 
10 of them, Mm -hmm. you know, and then two of them are about heaven. Mm. Yeah. I mean, just think about that. And one of them, Christ is called the beloved. Um, (laughs) Yeah. There are so many words there in Ephesians one, the word lavish. You think about what lavish is and, and he lavished upon us the riches of his grace lavished he didn't just give us a couple you know here here dear here's some grace for you he lavished (laughs) (laughs) like that's like oh just all over and around and in and out like how my son uses barbecue sauce yeah 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 he lavishes that barbecue sauce on anything yeah meat (laughs) yeah well i guess and his mac and cheese if i'd allow it and Yeah, kind of like uh, maybe if if you grew up in the 80s, um, the hairspray, what you did mm. with the hairspray on your head. You didn't just do a little squirt. You that was you lavished it on, mm-hmm. and then it lacquered itself to your hair. But, um, yeah, lavish. Mm. It's what we do with our grandbabies. Gwen doesn't know that yet, but, yeah, you will just like. My time oh. will come, I hope. And it's what we do with our babies. Mm-hmm. But since we're in that whole... Um, place of uh also raising them up they might not always feel so lavished upon could that be true of us oh yeah with god also really mm-hmm. lord you love me and you're letting this happen mm-hmm. yeah when we're walking in sin one of the things i tell my kids is when when you know there's sin in between us you're not going to feel my love mm-hmm. that's the way we are with the lord when we have sin in between us and him we we struggle to feel god's love for us mm-hmm. we struggle mm-hmm. he still loves us yeah his love is still there it's just that we have a hard time seeing through our sin to feel it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I really love the part. Um, in fact, Missy and I were just talking about this the other night where um, he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. Yeah. Um, and I love how that nugget is put in there before the foundations of the world. And sometimes when we read Ephesians, we just get reading and you read the words. But when you stop and think of what that actually means, for me, that means before that first sunrise, before that first sunset, before he hung that first star in the sky, he was there. And before that first sin. Hmm. Before I was in him. Um, what a beautiful thing to think of. To, to piggyback off of what you just said, Jen, um, I think that we need to go to first Peter, uh, chapter one, and I'm going to start in verse 18 through 20. And it says, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. So, I mean, just think about that. Like, not only were we chosen in him before the foundation of the world, but Christ's sacrifice was the plan before the foundation of the world. So God's sacrifice, sacrificing his son, was not a reaction to 
the sin problem mm-hmm. that happened, but it was a part of the plan, and it was the part of the plan before the sin problem was a problem, which just kind of blows your mind. Mm-hmm. So I had somebody one time challenge and say, okay, so this was God's plan before he created humanity, mankind. So that means he could have done any other plan, but he didn't. He chose this one. Why? And so you really made you sit and think because you're like, okay, he's the God of the universe. He knows everything beforehand. Why did he choose this plan? Why did he choose to make us perfect in a perfect place with two trees in a garden? And then why did he make Satan? Why did he create? Why did that happen? Why was that a part of the plan that a certain serpent... Satan would enter the garden, speak doubt, Adam and Eve would go along with the lie, and they would eat, and sin would enter all of creation that followed. Why? Why would that be a part of the plan? Um, And so there has to be something about this specific plan that communicates something or does something or says something or shows us something about God himself because he could have chosen any other plan. Mm Mm-hmm. He could have chosen to wipe out mankind and start over. I mean, there are so many times he could have done that. The flood, you know, right at the end of the garden when he kicks him out and puts the angel with the sword of fire. I mean, there's so many moments where he could have just wiped it clean, started over. But he didn't. And we know from 1 Peter and this passage in Ephesians that it was the plan before creation, before Mm -hmm. the fall. Okay, so ladies, I'm going to leave you with that question. I'm going to throw one out, Beth. There we go. Wow. Yeah. To me, it's amazing, too, that he, and you hear this a lot. I I think the whole idea of free will or choice or whatever. Mm -hmm. God God has given each one of us the freedom of choice, which is so amazing. But what would the relationship be if there was no choice? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, then it's, I don't know, I wouldn't want to be in a relationship with somebody because they were obligated to, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, what, what, what is that? There's no, it doesn't leave room for reciprocation Mm -hmm. or even Mm -hmm. reception. Um, Which is relationship. Exactly. That whole thing is relationship. Exactly. That give and take and, you know, just back and forth of movement of interactions with one another. Um, yeah, yeah, and the fact that he would be in relationship with his own creation. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the mind-blowing thing. Personal. Like, not personal. just r- personal, intentional relationship yeah. with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, take on for a season the limitations of that creation. That's amazing. You know, my husband, Ned, once had a conversation when he was on the road with a fellow. It was near Easter, and so, of course, you know, they talk about Easter coming. And uh, as he so often does, just... He's he's a kind of a natural at leading things down a spiritual path, and the, and as they were talking, Ned made the comment because they were talking about Jesus and you know his uh, dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. But they were talking about him. I think Ned told him that Jesus knew that he would die before he ever came to earth. He knew that mm-hmm. he was die, and this blew the man's mind. Like he just couldn't. I, I mean, it really sat him back. You know, you can have conversations with people, and you think, oh, is this really? Are they getting any part of this? And it's not really our job. It's the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. and the Word of God to convict and lead people to him. But uh, that was something the man was really 
shocked by. Mm -hmm. Like he knew he was going to die and he did it anyway. Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did. And God knew he would have to, you know, be separated. He would sacrifice his son and he did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it just is, it's mind blowing when you try to wrap your head around that kind of love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he chose to stay on that cross. Yeah. And then he chose to give up his spirit. Yes. Yeah. 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 And when he was reviled, he did not revile again. He didn't, I mean, he didn't say anything during the torment of what they put him through, even before he got on the cross. And it was all injustice. You know, I don't know about you, but something burns in me when I see something that's unjust. It's not right. Uh, you know, someone innocent is being accused of something. But he, he knew that. And, you know, his forgiveness was evident when he was on the, you know, when he, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Mm -hmm. Like he saw the bigger picture and understood. Yeah. And, and that's what we're called to follow right? We're Absolutely. To, to follow his actions and his attitude and his, that is, that's powerful. It's difficult, mm -hmm. it, but, it's, mm -hmm. but that's why we have the Holy Spirit, right? To be mm -hmm. able to act in those ways. But it's also very powerful if you see that in someone's life where they have forgiven, where you think, I could never have forgiven that. I, I could not walk that path. How did you, how, how? Mm -hmm. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. only because of Jesus' grace, mercy, love bestowed on us. Mm -hmm. And then we in turn have a gift to others. I, I know, and I am so thankful that we have the, the Bible in its entirety. Mm -hmm. you no, know, from Genesis 1 through Revelation 22, the last amen. Um, but, not but. So maybe and or, or yet, I am so thankful for the mm -hmm. gospel accounts of Jesus' life. Because so often as we journey through this world, I think about, okay, Jesus, he, he knew what was ahead of him, and he, he knew that he could pray, ask, oh, if it be your will, take this cup from me. But he always came back to, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. And that is such an example to me as we journey through the hard places. Uh, okay, there's four of us at this table. Um, anybody journeyed through a hard place here? Yeah. Yes. All four hands, Some yes. sometimes Both hands. eight hands, right, <laughs> are up. We all travel through hard places. And the, the gospel account of what Jesus did for us knowingly knowing exactly what he was going to go through, says to me, he, he's shown us how to get through, but he's equipped us with the power to get through, mm. through the power of his spirit. What a gift. Mm -hmm. What a gift. The example, I mean, salvation. Stop right there. If nothing else happened after that, what? Me, a sinner, you died for me? But then the example of his life and the empowering of us through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh, mind-blowing. Right, because he doesn't, he doesn't need any of us. You know what I mean? Like, but he gives us that opportunity to be his vessel and to mm -hmm. be his hands and feet in a world mm -hmm. that needs him. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. That mm -hmm. opportunity, as you said, Beth, beyond salvation, beyond, yeah. And I think of it back to, again, the before creation, mm -hmm. as he is there with each of us on his mind, putting those things in us, 
that he knew that we were going to need for this very moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, inheritance. The inheritance. That he process. gave us. Yeah. Wow. Just perfectly yeah. formed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wow. looking at verses 9 through 11. <laughs> he, he made known to us the mystery of his will with a view to an admi- administration suitable to the fullness of the times. That is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven and on earth. Um, and in him we also have an obtained inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. I mean, just this idea. And, and then, you know, there's a, my favorite verse in all of Revelations um, is actually um, a verse that talks about how even... Um, the the nations of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it's in uh, Revelation 17, and it's verse 17. Um, and it's talking about um, the nations of the earth will wage war, verse 14, against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them because he is the Lord of lords and King of kings. And those who are with him are the called and the chosen and the faithful. And he said to me, the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the ten horns that you saw and the beast, these will hate the harlot and will make her desolate and naked and will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Anyway, that's a whole analogy um, I won't get into. But then it says in verse 17, For God has put it in their hearts, talking about all of those nations, the waters, which are the people's multitude of nations and tongues. He's put it in their hearts to execute his purpose by having a common purpose and by giving their kingdom to the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled. I mean, just even that nations that stand in absolute defiance to him. And one of the things when you study revelations, you'll see moments where you will hear the nations will say things like, um, behold, it is um, the Lord and the Lamb's wrath has come. Um, and then you won't hear anything about repentance. Mm-hmm. So they'll recognize the Lord, but then there won't be a moment of, let me surrender. Let me turn from my wicked ways. There's another passage that talks about that very thing where they're hiding in rocks and mountains. And literally it says after the, they acknowledge how great he is, that they would not turn from worshiping Satan and doing their witchcraft. You know, and it's this idea that, oh, the fact that we are chosen, that that's not the path we end up walking. I, I you know, but for the grace of God, go we. That we are chosen because there's nothing about us that make us worthy to be a part of this group versus, you know, one of the, this group that's used to accomplish God's will, but, you know, never finds its way through grace. Mm -hmm. I, you know, to sit with that and recognize that there are some that seem to be chosen and purposed for destruction, and then there are others that are chosen and purposed for grace. Mm. I think nothing humbles you more than to recognize that it's not your goodness that makes you worthy of one or the other, Mm. but it is purely the love of Christ that you've been chosen, you know, and we don't know who's chosen and who's not. We don't know who will surrender. God knows the state of every person's heart um, and whether or not we will, but we recognize that once we are chosen and in God's kingdom, that 
we didn't choose him, (laughs) but he chose us, Mm -hmm. you know, and that he pursued us. And that the fact that we can even comprehend or see is because he allowed Mm -hmm. us the privilege to be able to see and understand, you know, and that's where you get that, that balance of depending on the perspective of how you're looking at salvation. But if you're looking at it through, you know, what is our tangible power you realize that we cannot save ourselves. We can't choose ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can't choose God apart from God choosing us. Mm-hmm. We love him because he first loved us. And so it has to originate in the will of the Father in order for anything to happen in the world. I, that blows my mind to sit with that, the right. humility of it. But the balance of that also is free choice for all. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I yes. go back to John three sixteen and 17. Mm-hmm. Um, for God did not send his son to condemn the world, but, yeah. but in order that the world might be saved through him. There is a choice for all yes. of us. Right. And, and Romans 1, 2, and 3 talks mm-hmm. about how there is no man without excuse. Yeah. Uh, and, for, and isn't it First Peter that he, yeah. he, does, he, he is not willing that any should perish? Right. So he doesn't right. want, he, yes. in essence, he's, he has chosen everyone, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't want anyone, anyone to be separate from him. But he does know who will choose yeah. him back, I guess, is the yeah. best way that I can think of it. Like who and will respond and who will not. The or amazing thing is to our human brain, all of this looks like it contradicts. But it's because our limited brains are trying to figure out the mind and the will of God mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, our actions and how he could know everything beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think when we step out of our human brains and just recognize that God is bigger, mm-hmm. his plan is bigger than our minds will ever comprehend. Mm-hmm. And recognize that there is a limit to how much I am going to understand. And at the end of that, it's faith. Mm. It's faith. It's being able to put down that contradiction and go, this is true and this is true. And in my human brain, those two things don't work. Mm. But my brain is not the definition of the almighty God. Mm. Yeah. And so in those moments, we lay it at his feet and we let both be truth because they come from the word of God. And we let him be the one that allows us to comprehend and make sense. I've heard it said that as, uh, I'm going to repeat something again I've already heard, but entering into heaven, it says, all may come. And then you turn around and on the backside, it says chosen. Mm -hmm. It's exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. lining those two things up next to each other. Well, ladies, these are some of the indicatives of who we are in Christ. We we never got to the last three chapters. Well, we didn't even get to chapters two and three today. But I do want to leave us with this, and then next time we can come back and look at the imperatives. Chapter two of Ephesians. My my Bible has it entitled "By Grace Through Faith." Verse eight takes us right there. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Walk, live, day by day, step by step. step. We have a choice to make. Each and every day, will we live out this inheritance that Christ died to give us. Oh, 
I pray that today you will choose him. And please don't just take our word for it. Open the word, go to Ephesians and learn all about who you are and what your inheritance is in him. Thanks for joining us at the table. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit, everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse, to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.